When I tell you the simplest things excite me, like people have no idea. So last week, last week, Wednesday, which is the release day for Notice Self Diaries podcast, I did not want to get out of bed because I was so tired from the day before. But I rolled over, checked my phone and saw that I got an email. And the email was a comment from one of my listeners about last week's session, which was about saying yes to luxury. I immediately (laughs) jumped out of bed just so I can read the message properly. And I was so excited because I was like, what? Yay, somebody commented. Somebody has something to say. Somebody, you know, took the time to not just listen, but share their feedback. I was super, super stoked. So before we get into this session, we're going to check the mailbox and we're going to read um, what Garthia had to say about last week's session of Notice Self Diaries. And then we're going to jump right into this week's topic, which kind of piggybacks off of what was shared last week and dives a bit further into the emotional aspect of wanting more, having more and transitioning to that world of excess, that world of having more than enough. And it also comes from, too, what Garthia had to say. So let's get into that. Thank you for tuning in to this week's session of Notice Serve Diaries. I'm your host, Alicia Ward. If you're new to the podcast, thank you for pressing play. Notice Serve Diaries is our safe space where we talk about the things that are important to us, especially when it comes to navigating adulthood, because there are lots of things. I'm sure you would agree that our parents couldn't really prepare us for, school <laughs> didn't prepare us for, that we're learning as we go. So, Think of Notice Self Diaries as your safe space. If you don't want to say it, I'll say it for you, right? So jumping into a comment, excited, jumping into a comment that was shared with me last week about the topic saying yes to luxury, Garthia wrote, I had mixed emotions listening to your latest episode on luxury, mainly because I've always put off luxury, sadly. I might treat myself for my birthday, but for the most part, I've been working and paying my bills only. Girl, I can relate. (laughs) Two, I feel extremely guilty for spending on myself because, quote unquote, I should be saving or investing. And three, sometimes I feel as if delayed gratification is necessary. And you're right about that. I'm glad you came for our next on this episode because we really don't know when our last days will be upon us. And what's the point of living if you're not really living? Going forward, I want to put down money to start treating myself again. I used to, but ever since moving out and having all these bills, I stopped. Glad to see that you're back and keep the episodes coming. Thank you so much for sharing that with me, Garthia. You have no idea. Well, you have an idea because I did get back in touch and let her know that I enjoyed so much reading her feedback and reading her comments. And I encourage you to do the same. If anything I said would have resonated with you, um, if, if you want to let me know how you feel about the topic or what your stance is on the topic, 
I welcome that. And you can share that with me at Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A, at notetoservediaries.com. And the email is also in the show notes, just in case you want to verify. So I want to take a bit of what Garthia said and dive right into this week's topic about luxury. And I more so want to focus on the guilt. Now, in part, well, not in part, but I can relate wholeheartedly to what Garthia said about feeling guilty for spending on ourselves, feeling guilty for you know, um, using our monies that we worked for to do things that are outside of paying bills, making sure the lights are on, making sure we have food in the house, putting gas in the car, etc., etc. Now, I was talking to a friend of mine last week, and I was sharing with them that I was thinking about that. I was asking myself, why is it that I feel guilty for not struggling? That was the question I started to ponder. Why is it that I I feel guilty for not struggling? Especially when I wanted so much to no longer struggle when I was struggling. You get me? There were days when, or I can identify with with times when I did not have enough money to, to, you know, buy food or buy the foods that I wanted. I, I, I remember one particular season of my life where... I was um, working a minimum wage job and I could only, I only had monies after taking up my rent, you know, taking up my tithe, putting gas in the car. I only had maybe $70 to $100 to last me the rest of the month and that was for food. And so that season was quite humbling for many reasons. One, um, supermarkets that I never shopped at. And it's, I, I can laugh about it now, but I wasn't really laughing then. Supermarkets that I used to shop at, you know, I had, I was sorry, supermarkets that I never shopped at. I would go to during that time because the items in the supermarket were cheaper, you know? Um, and not only that, but then with that, I, I being vulnerable, I stayed in a relationship that I shouldn't have because of the financial security. Now, a lot of us may not want to, you know, say that out loud, but a lot of us stay in situations that we shouldn't or we extend the life of a relationship because of what the person is able to do for us financially because we're not in the position to do that for ourselves. And so I remember getting to a point where I was so frustrated. I was so hurt. Mind you, it wasn't anything extreme in terms of like um, physical abuse, but I just did not feel valued. And I tell myself, I, I, well, not told myself, but I remember just being at that breaking point where I just couldn't take it anymore. I was just tired of the disappointment, tired of the hurt, tired of the this, that, and the third. And I remember crying to God, saying, God, if you give me an opening, if you bless me with a job that pays X amount, I would walk away from this because I can't deal with this anymore. I can't take this anymore, you know? And so I I really just poured my heart out to God because I was just so tired. And it wasn't just that. It wasn't just the relationship. It was, you know, that, that, that feeling of embarrassment. Like I can't, 
take care of myself properly. Now, at the time, I wasn't invested in, you know, doing my nails all the time and going out and this and that. I just wanted to feel good about being able to take care of myself. I don't know if you can identify with that, but there's a certain level of pride. There's a certain level of satisfaction that comes from being able to take care of yourself the way that you want to take care of yourself. And for me, being able to do that meant not just only paying my bills, but having some sort of excess to do the things that I wanted to do. You know, I'm not a big going all person, um, but I do enjoy traveling and stuff like that. At the time, I wasn't able to. But for me, being able to take care of myself was being able to afford, you know, going out to eat with friends and not always having to make excuses because I did not have the money. It was, you know, being able to afford to buy clothes. I mean, I remember growing up, second hand-me-down clothes was brand new clothes for me. Like, I kid you not. Whenever, you know, um, a family friend would call mommy to say, hey, come for this. I have some some stuff for the girls or, or, or I have some stuff for the kids because I'm the oldest of five. I have three sisters, one brother. Um, you know, I would get all excited to get people's hand-me-downs. You know, mind you, it was never bad items that were given to us. It wasn't anything like, you know, really worn out, stained or ripped or anything like that. It was just used clothing. And I, when I, when I was younger, I felt excited about that because I was like, oh, it's brand new clothes. Right. So fast forward to now being an adult working, I I, I have a good job. And it, it, even in saying that a while ago, even in saying I have a good job, I cringed because I feel as though I'm boasting when I'm really not. And it's, it's, it's mind blowing that people tend to, it's interesting what people choose to comment on when they don't know the full story. You know, it's okay. And I'm telling myself this more and more. It's okay to relish in your blessings. It's okay to, to enjoy what you've worked for. It's okay to enjoy what God has given you. It's not a sin. It's not a crime to enjoy what you have. It's not a crime to do something a little extra for yourself every now and again, or as often as you feel. And so when I circling right back to where I started in saying, when I was having that conversation with my friend last week, I, I came to this realization. I had this epiphany where I recognized that the reason why we feel, or one of the reasons why we feel guilty for doing extra for ourselves or indulging in certain things is because we're not used to having excess, some of us, right? We're not used to having excess. So we're so accustomed to being in survival mode, making sure the necessities are taken care of, that when we have the extra, we don't know what to do with it. And so it can go in two extremes. You have those who hoard their monies, where they're constantly saving, 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 saving. And if they dare take out a $50 or a $100 from that savings, it's like something happens on the inside of them. They feel as though all the money is off the account. Mind you, they could have saved twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 and they take off $100 and they feel bad because they're not accustomed to having so much. They're not accustomed to having more than what they need. So any any sort of reduction in that makes them feel as though they're going to lose it all 
I've seen it. I myself have, have had those feelings. You know, when you save monies to a certain amount, let's say you save $500 and you have to take off $100, something in you just, I can't fully explain it, but it just does something to us, right? So you have those on that side of the fence. And then you have the others and again, I can identify with this side too, where because you're not accustomed to having excess, because you're not accustomed to having more than what you need, when you do have it, you just spend. It's like, I worked for it. I never had it. Nobody can tell me nothing. So I'm going to spend my money. I definitely went through a phase where I was just like, hmm, I'm not watching no face. I just dropping cash. You understand? My new... It was nothing outlandish or, or whatever the case is, but to be able to make big purchases, like for example, my studio equipment, my iMac, my mixer and this and that, it felt good to be able to, to purchase those things. But yet still, it was, it was mixed emotions, I should say. Let me rephrase. It was mixed emotions. On one end, I was happy that I had the monies to be able to buy, you know, the things that I really wanted to get. And then on the other hand, like Garthia said, I felt guilty for not, quote unquote, saving or investing. Mind you, I had a savings and I was consistently contributing to my savings. And so there is this emotional war, so to speak, that happens to us when we're at that point where we're no longer desperate for basic things. We're no longer, you know, worrying about how we're going to eat, how we're going to pay our bills, how we're going to take care of ourselves. There's this emotional tug of war that happens where on one end, we want to do those things, but then on the other end, we f- this guilt that hovers over us, it's, it's, it's ridiculous when you really sit and think about it. I also said to my friend that I think in part our how we were raised contributes to that because, you know, our parents or grandparents or neighbors, you know, those close older people would say to us, you know, we have to save for a rainy day. Don't hang your hat where your hand can't reach. You know, don't, don't go spending off all your money because you never know what will happen. When you grow up hearing those things over and over and over again, your views on monies, your views on, you know, doing certain things, it's, it's, it's kind of stained in a sense, because you're always thinking that any little that is done outside of the norm, there's some sort of punishment that's going to come behind of it. It's like we feel as though, okay, if we go out to eat with our friends this weekend, something is going to come up that's going to make us regret going out. You see, I should have never go out because now I have to deal with this financial, you know, um, emergency. If we, if we, and the same applies to anything that we do for ourselves outside of paying the bills, making sure the lights are on, making sure the water is on, making sure the car has fuel, making sure there's groceries in the cupboard and in the fridge. And so I am learning. I, I myself don't have it all figured out yet. And I think no one really truly has it all figured out. But there are things you learn along the way. This is life. I'm learning that in order to move away from that guilt in order to 
get more comfortable with abundance and excess and just relishing in having more than what we need. We have to do the things that we were once afraid to do. We have to embrace it by making certain things a practice. If you love to treat yourself to a particular thing, do it more often, you know, and I think that the more you do it, the more comfortable you will get with it. Take yourself out to a nice restaurant, plan a nice, you know, staycation. If it is that you're not at that point where you, you're, you can travel to the countries that you want to travel to, you know, do the things, buy yourself that nice blouse that you've been eyeing, buy yourself that nice pair of shoes, you know, um, buy yourself a nice lunch. It doesn't have to be anything grand, but it's those small things, believe it or not, doing those small things and eventually getting closer and closer to the big things, you know, that is what would make us get used to having excess, getting used to, you know, just embracing a life of abundance. And not only that, but also not being afraid to speak in line with our new norm. You know, back then when we couldn't afford certain things, you know, words like broke and lack were very common in our vocabulary. But now that we're at a point where we have money saved, we're able to do more for ourselves. We have to learn to speak differently and not be afraid of words like luxury and abundance and excess and, you know, prosperity, success, we shouldn't be afraid of that. I think that that is something that, that in and of itself is a tell. When we're afraid to say certain words, we know that, okay, there's something that needs to be explored a little bit further as to why is it I can't bring myself to say I am blessed. Why is it I can't bring myself to say that, you know, I have a good job. I am paid well. Why is it that we cringe just to acknowledge those truths? Because it is true. You are blessed. You do have a good job. You are doing well in case no one said that to you recently. You know, why are we afraid to speak in line with that truth? There are some people who will see it as boasted and bragging. But when we know deep within ourselves that that is not the case, we're just extremely grateful, then we we should not pay them any mind. Just last week again, I, I had this moment where, you know, I was just about turning off my lights to go to bed and I just felt this immense level of gratitude, just, you know, just being able to lay my head down on a comfortable bed um, under a roof in a, in a room with air conditioning, like honestly speaking, right. I would have never thought that I could afford to live in an apartment that has AC. I kid you not. For some people, that's a regular thing. That's a norm. But for me, it's a big thing. And if you're laughing at me, that's fine. That's quite okay. But I never thought that I could have been at a point where I can afford to live in an apartment that has air conditioning. And if you live in the Caribbean, depending on which country you're living in, an apartment with AC, hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, some of them, some of the landlords are easy, but I digress, you know? And so I just felt this immense level of gratitude just thinking about where I was just a couple of years ago. Um, I, I had to make 70 to to $100 stretched throughout the month. 
I I I maintained a relationship that that did not you know satisfy certain needs. It it did in one aspect in the financial aspect of things, but the emotional needs weren't fully met. You know, there was a, there was a lot of disappointment and and hurt and this and that and whatever the case may be. And I could talk about that comfortably now because I've moved past that. But then it was like mm-mm, it was not nice. You know, the constant crying and the this and the that. And I just want to take a moment to say this. And I want to speak more specifically to my ladies. Well, guys find themselves in this situation too, but they don't easily speak on it. So let me, let me not just direct this to my ladies, but to anyone who is in a relationship that financially you're good. You don't have to worry about bills. You don't have to worry about food. You don't have to worry about anything because he or she, you know, they have it like that, but you're not happy. Um, you're having to endure being lied to, being cheated on, all those things. I can tell you that financial freedom is one of the best ways to move away from that. We stay in situations when we are not able to properly do for ourselves what we want to do. And so I can identify with that. I, I can relate to you on a level with that. I may not be able to, I, I may not know exactly what you're feeling, what you're tolerating or putting up with, but I can identify with staying in a place just so you can eat, just so you don't have to go through certain embarrassments, you know, like, um, AP way coming to cut off your lights and all these things. But, um, what I will say is God knows and he understands. And if you just be honest with him and say to him, you know what, God, I, I just don't want to be in this place anymore. I, I believe you have much better for me. And I'm just asking for a way out because I feel like for a lot of us, or for some of you who may be listening, you desperately want to come out of that situation, but you don't see a way how. You don't you don't know what is possible. And I'm here to tell you that, trust me, opportunities are out there waiting. You don't know where to look or where to find them, but God knows. God knows. How I got my job was via recommendation from a friend who actually turned down the position because it was not... It wasn't quite in alignment with her personal career goals. That in and of itself was a blessing. Who turns down work? Not only work, but who turns down work that pays well? You know, I I honestly believe that whole thing was divinely orchestrated by God. To this day, I'm still grateful for her for putting my name in the ring, for putting my name in the hat to say, hey, I don't want this position respectfully, but I know someone who will do an excellent job in the role. Mind you, I had no prior knowledge, no prior experience with where it comes to event planning. So I learned on the spot, but God knew my heart and he saw what I was going through. And even me taking the moment or moments, because I've had more than one teary-eyed conversations (laughs) with him on the matter, even me just going to him saying, God, if you would only open this door for me, if you would only just bless me where I'm able to take care of myself, I will just walk away from this relationship. I'm here to tell you that that is possible for you. 
guys go through the same thing. Guys stay with girls who may be better off than them, you know, because they're not able to properly take care of themselves. And I can understand from a male perspective, that's 10 times more embarrassing because men are taught to be the providers. So when they're the ones on the other end, it's not the easiest thing to deal with. And so I say all that to say, take it to God. You don't have to continue in that vein. You don't have to continue, you know, taking a nut vote, as we say locally. You don't have to continue with that. If you truly want an out, go to God and he will give you the out. And when he gives it to you, you have to take it. You have to, you have to, you have to stand behind those words. You have to stand behind the decision to, to walk away, knowing that the relationship no longer serves you. It's it's doing more harm than good and there is better. And so wrapping up, I want us to get comfortable with good, get comfortable with the good life. Like I came across, I'm sure I mentioned this in last week's session, but I'll say it again. I came across a quote that says, life is too short and too long to live it badly. When I came across that, I, it just keeps repeating in my head over and over and over and over again. And, you know, when I would find myself feeling that guilt of doing good for myself, living it up, having fun, living my best life, I would repeat those words to myself. Life is too short and too long to live it badly. And if you want to get used to abundance and excess and luxury and just a good life. You have to do more of the things that you once thought you weren't good enough for. And you also have to get used to speaking the language. Get used to saying words like excess and abundance and success and prosperity, even if it's uncomfortable. Say it more often, even if there's that cringe (laughs) on the inside, say it more often. And you don't need a special reason to do things for yourself. You don't need, it doesn't need to be a birthday. It doesn't need to be an anniversary. You know, do good for you just because. That is something I want us to get used to as well. Do good for you just because. If you wake up one morning and you decide, hey, I feel like treating myself to a nice lunch, do that. If it is that you're in town or you're in the city and you walk past a store and you see something nice and you know you can't afford it, buy it. It doesn't have to be a special occasion. Mind you, I know some of you <laughs> might take that out of context and say, oh, at least you tell me to buy it. Well, I'm going to buy it, but rent can pay next. No, 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 we're not going to do that. We're going to still make sure that the rent is paid. The lights are on, the water is running, the internet is is secure, you know, the internet bill is paid and gas is in our car. But we're also going to do more good for ourselves. My mentor taught us um, some time ago to just treat ourselves to something nice every single month. She says, even if it's a even if it's ice cream. You know, even if, even if it's your favorite meal, whatever it is, treat yourself good to something every single month. When I first heard that, I was like, <laughs> wait, who could do that? 
where am I going to get the money from? Mind you, I had the money to do it, but I was so, I was so not accustomed to living like that. And so I've since revisited that statement. And there's some things I will do monthly. There's some things I would do every two months in another kind of way, depending, because some things are quote unquote higher ticket items. But um, I want to throw that out there to you to do something good for yourself every single month, every single month, beginning this month end, which is next week. Do something good for yourself, whether it's, you know, buy yourself a, your favorite cup of coffee, buy yourself a slice of cake, you know. I, I, I always give food examples because I love food, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Whatever that thing is, do it for you. Have a you day where it's not your birthday, nothing extraordinary happened, but you're just doing it for you so that you can let luxury, I just love that word, no, <laughs> let luxury become part of your lifestyle. And know that that guilt that you feel for doing good for you, that guilt you feel for no longer having to struggle, you don't have to continue to live in that state. And to get over the guilt you have to do more of the things that you're afraid to do and understand that you're worth every aspect of it. You're worth every bit of that good thing. For the ladies, it could be doing your nails more often, going to the spa, which has become my new thing. You know, it could be saving up for a, um, a nice vacation every year. Wherever you fall, wherever your budget falls, do something good for you every month until it becomes a lifestyle and make no excuses for it. If people choose to talk, let them talk. You know what you're working towards. You're working towards breaking that mental cycle of feeling that good things are only for certain people. Another friend of mine, <laughs> she quoted me or quoted the podcast episode that we did last week or I did last week. I talk as though, you know, you and I do this together. But we do because when you share your feedback, whether via email or Instagram or in person, you know, it's a we thing. But she said to me, one of the things that jumped out at her from last week's session was when I said, you know, everything is for everyone who wants it. And I, I stand by that wholeheartedly. Everything is for everyone who wants it. So whatever Whatever may appear to be or whatever feels overindulgent to you, do more of it until it becomes like, yeah, I'm worthy of this thing. Because believe it or not, confidence and, and self-esteem, is t all of that is tied up in, in, in what we do and do not do for ourselves. We don't go to the quote-unquote stosha or fancy restaurant because we feel like we don't measure up with the people. Walking upon them. Book your reservation. Go and sit on the eat. Because you deserve to be there. You deserve the good things. Anything you can think of that is too much, you deserve it. And the only way to get used to that, the only way to remove that insecurity is to do more of it. You can start small and build your way up. Wherever you fall, wherever your budget fall, I should say. Do something good for yourself every single month until it becomes a norm. Let luxury, let 
enjoyment, let joy and excitement become a norm. Don't let it be a one-off thing that you just do once in a while. Mm -mm. Not anymore. Not after today. Let it become a norm. You know, I enjoy so much talking to you. Even though you can't see me, I can't see you, at least not yet. Because, you know, there's some things I'm working on behind the scenes. But I enjoy so much sharing with you. I enjoy so much being able to come on this platform and just share my views on certain things. And when you get in touch um, and you send a message or you slide into my DMs or, you know, like Garthy, or you take the time to write a whole email, like what it was, guys, it was two paragraphs. And I was just, I could have just cried. <laughs> I could have just cried. If you know nothing else, just know the simple things, the simple things. Alicia loves the simple things. And so I say that to say thank you so much once again for tuning in this week. Thank you so much for taking the time to press play. Let me know how you feel about today's session. Let me know what resonated with you. Let me know your views on um, guilt and, and, and blessings and, you know, living a life of excess, living a life of luxury. Let me know your thoughts. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And with your permission, once you share with me, I will be letting the tribe know what it is your comment is because I, I strongly believe in learning from each other. So whatever method you choose, whether it's via email at alicia at notetoselfdiaries.com. That's A-L-I-C-I-A at notetoselfdiaries.com. Or whether it's via DMs on Instagram at notetoselfdiaries. Don't be afraid to shoot me a message. I will be looking forward to hearing from you. I look forward to sharing your thoughts with our fellow tribe members, community members, because this is a community. This is not just me. It's, it's all of us. Um, I look forward to all of that. So again, thank you for listening and take absolute care of yourself. Absolute care. Just as a side note, I know this is the end, but just as a side note, one of the reasons why I tend to end the podcast by saying take care. When I say take care, I'm not I'm not just saying those words just because for me, when I say take care, I'm I'm sending forth the energy, I'm sending forth the vibe that says take care of you in the best way possible. Take care of you always in all ways that's the sort of energy i'm sending forth so when i say take care it's loaded with lots of love lots of good vibes lots of good energies it's not just two words for me because i truly believe that everyone should live their best life whatever however that looks for them however that looks for them because again life is too short and too long to live it badly <laughs>